0: Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime.
1: He's like a superhero without the costume. This is The Roy Green Show on the Chorus Radio Network.
0: I'm on Twitter, at the Roy Green Show, at the Roy Green Show. Emails to Roy at RoyGreenShow.com. All right. Uh, Donald Trump and the relationship between the president-elect and the media, particularly mainstream media, and the ethics or lack of ethics in that uh, relationship, which is, it's been about as bumpy a relationship as I can recall, between major media organizations and a U.S. administration. Incoming or present jane Kirtley is a professor of media ethics at the university of minnesota she's also um, a lawyer and um, jane thank you so much for all the time you give us let me start with the buzzfeed decision to post the two pages claimed to be an addendum to the intelligence report about russia hacking the democratic party and emails by clinton podesta and others there's no verification at the time there was no um no name involved And there was no way to corroborate that this information was or, in fact, wasn't factual. Was BuzzFeed 100% of the wrong?
1: I don't think they were 100% in the wrong, although I'm somewhat in the minority among uh, media ethicists in the United States on that position. And this is my thinking on it, and obviously people can disagree. If this had been a situation where this dossier had just kind of found its way to BuzzFeed over the transom brown paper wrapper, no way to document whether it had ever been looked at by the intelligence community or anything, then I would share the chorus of those who say it should not have been published. But it's a very different scenario. We know that it has actually been floating around Washington for quite some time. And many people have used that as a justification for saying that what BuzzFeed did was wrong because so many mainstream organizations had it and chose not to publish it for exactly the reason you said, that they could not independently verify it. But for me, once it became part of the package that was used to brief the president, the president elect, members of Congress, and others that was supplied by the intelligence community then it seems to me there is an argument to be made that it is appropriate to publish it with the caveat and disclaimers that BuzzFeed made, that this was not something that they could verify. Again, I think most journalists that I've read don't agree with that thinking, but I've noticed a lot of comments on mainstream media sites from members of the public who have ranged from saying they shouldn't have done it but also saying things like why didn't you do this before you know we should have the right to look at this and decide for ourselves and some of them have equated it with the infamous situation involving dan rather cbs and the documents allegedly pertaining to former president bush's service in the national guard which was debunked by the fact that people got to see the documents so I, I mean, I guess my point is that putting it out there does mean that it can be subject to public scrutiny, and to me, that's a positive thing. Now,
0: Mr. Trump said he had not seen that uh, that document, those two pages, the addendum, and, uh, and and that it wasn't brought up by the intelligence community, and uh, the the head of the U.S. intelligence agencies, in fact, um, apologized in a way, I suppose, to to Mr. Trump for. For that, getting uh, getting out or, or or being included as some sort of uh, information from the intelligence community. When when you have Donald Trump saying, "I didn't see this; it wasn't part of my briefing," is BuzzFeed not off, uh, not way out of line, or or at least CNN?
1: Well, I, I I will draw a distinction between BuzzFeed and CNN in just a second. Obviously, I don't know what President Trump saw or didn't see, but I saw the other day that. Uh, vice president biden says he has seen it so the notion that it wasn't made available i think is at least subject to some dispute but having said that um you know again for me cnn did what sort of would be the classic mainstream media journalistic approach which is that they summarized it but did not include uh... the full report and uh, soft-pedal the more salacious details, which a lot of people have been focusing on. Again, different people read this in different ways, but for me, the the sex stuff is only important in the sense that, to me, it is reflective of techniques that we know uh, the Russians, both in the former Soviet Union and today, have used to try to compromise diplomats and others in terms of getting them into sexually compromised But Jane I have to ask what what
0: does this have to, what does this have, though, have to do with with Donald Trump because the what Russians does it have to do because, because Donald because,
1: Trump it has to do with Donald Trump because in the last few weeks we have seen more and more allegations about how deeply involved Mr. Trump himself his companies and people who are being put forward as potential cabinet appointees how deeply involved they are with Russia and a no, question but- that keeps coming up is are they involved with them purely for financial reasons, is it, or are there, is there compromising information in the hands of the Russians that will be used against them to try to extort deals? But Jane, I'll tell
0: you how, how I would operate. If I don't know, if I don't know, if I don't have at least substantial information that provides me with evidence that something has happened, something has gone on, I'm speaking generically now. I won't go in the air with it. I would not go on the air. I would not say that a series of allegations that were raised have led to the right to publish something that, that takes the allegations to another level. It, there has to be some proof. There has to be some evidence. New York Times, no fan of Donald Trump. Not, all, not, not supportive of CNN or BuzzFeed.
1: I, that's true, and again, I think you know journalists can differ on this point, and I agree that it's not a clear-cut situation. But you know, I, I'm going to use a, an example that it, you know, the, it, the situation is probably different in Canada, but here in the United States, when American journalists cover arrests and so forth of just ordinary criminals, they repeat verbatim what law enforcement has told them. Um, nothing 's been proven at that point nobody 's been convicted at that point, and yet we say this is what the police are saying. this is who they are charging i don 't see that this is fundamentally different from that practice um, yes it 's higher profile, but the principle is exactly the same if you 're using documents that are being relied upon by the government, attributing them and making clear you haven't been able to independently verify it, it seems to me that then it's legitimate to say, okay, you know, it's up to you now, the public, to decide. Now, the tricky part is that because um, Mr. Trump has been so adept, and, you know, I I I, 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 re- I salute him for this because it's he's been so good at this, at basically pointing to errors that have been made by the news media and labeling that then fake news, uh, an idea that has... A lot of people, both his supporters and those who don't support him, have rallied around. He's been quite effective in exploiting errors that some would say are errors in judgment or factual errors made by the news.
0: But, Jane, I have to challenge you on that. Is that exploitation or just pointing out that you've made mistakes? And if there's a series of mistakes that have been made, does there not at some point become evident that there's an agenda? And with the MSM, with the mainstream media in the United States, to me at least, there clearly has been an anti-Trump agenda, and it's become stronger and stronger, to the point now that I see left-leaning mainstream media interviewing left-leaning, disappointed Clinton supporters. And they're I the ones you, who keep driving the narrative forward. Yeah,
1: I heard, I heard you say that in your introductory remarks, and I and I would have to differ with that, because just to give you an example, as, as you probably know and probably many of your listeners watch, we have these Sunday morning talk shows that appear here on our, on our broadcast networks. I was just looking to see who was going to be on CBS tomorrow. Who is it? It's Newt, it's Newt Gingrich, and it's Vice President Pence, uh, Vice President-elect Pence. There has been no shortage of Trump representatives, Trump surrogates, and others um, on the airwaves and being interviewed. Um, you know, I, I'm, I disagree that this is a situation where the deck is stacked. The protests and so forth that are being contemplated and planned are legitimate news. I may not agree politically with what they're planning to do, what they have in mind, but as you pointed out, it's constitutionally protected and it's legitimate news to
0: cover. Well, it seems to me, really, just based on what I've seen, what I've recorded, what I've kept files on for the last uh, 10 or 11 months, that there has been a significant bias against Trump and toward uh, Hillary Clinton and the Democrats, and that's nothing new. For mainstream well, of media. Of course,
1: and yet Mr. Trump is the elected uh, president. So, right. you know, if, if in fact your calculation is correct, it, it ultimately has not achieved what allegedly we no, were trying yeah. to achieve. And
0: even the New York Times agreed that uh, in an editorial after the election that they hadn't done their jobs properly.
1: Well, I, I I think they did agree that they hadn't done their job, but there were there was a lot more to it than, than simply yeah. the way they were covering Trump or covering Hillary Clinton in isolation. There were a lot of drop balls and a lot of mistakes made, and right. I think there's a great deal of soul-searching going on with the news media now about how they covered this election. Okay,
0: I have to jump in, Jane, because the clock got us. Thank you so much for your time. I always enjoy talking to you, even if we disagree on issues.
1: And we do, but we do so respectfully, right?
0: We do, indeed. Thank you, Jane.
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: Professor Jane Kirkley from the University of Minnesota. one eight hundred two six three twenty four twenty eight. 263 2428 one eight hundred two six three twenty four twenty eight 263 2428 is my number on the Chorus Radio Network. Do you believe mainstream media in the United States, and maybe in Canada as well, have an anti-Donald Trump bias? Or are they fair to uh, to Trump, maybe too fair to Trump, An anti-Trump bias in mainstream media, yes or no? And are you still supportive of Trump becoming president of the United States next Friday? Give me a call.